This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. As my conversation with my space son, Will Wheaton, continues, we dive into some philosophical questions about heroes, role models, forgiveness, and one of the Spice Girls. But first, we begin with something scientific. Hope you enjoy part two of the podcast. What does the number 391257 mean to you? 391257. See, it's not pi. Um, three nine one two five seven. There's, I'm, I don't see a pattern in those numbers. It's not a sequence that I can identify. Three nine one two five seven. It doesn't mean anything to me, but I feel like it should. Hmm. What does it mean to you? Well, it's um, the number of the asteroid that's named after um, Will Wheaton. That's the asteroid's <laughs> number? Yes. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. Boy, the day I found out I had an asteroid named after me, that was kind of awesome. So now when someone says, what does the number 391257 mean? Now you know. Oh, it's my asteroid. Exactly. All right. Okay. Oh. Why do we need heroes and role models, and why do we demand so much from them? Just a little caveat here. The Greek gods used to kill off the heroes as soon as they'd finished the tasks that the gods had demanded they do for them, the heroes do for them. Or they might be killed just to settle a score with another god or goddess who pissed them off. It was only the winning that mattered to the gods. It was perhaps when writers like Sophocles, Euripides, and many others started writing about these heroic events that they started to question some of the motivations and complexities of the gods and heroes and the actions. And, and they wanted folks to maybe see not only what inspired these heroes, but also the things that they might not like about themselves. So by the way, I am aware that I'm speaking with the dungeon master of the Temple of Elemental Evil Quests. Yes, that is true. And uh, so this is two-part question. Number one, can you explain what that title means yes. briefly? Yes, I can. And number two, can you, can you talk about why we have role models and who your role models are? Yeah. Okay. So um, the dungeon master in the, game's dungeon, in the game Dungeons & Dragons is, is the player who knows the whole story. And he or she is responsible for working with the players to experience that story. Oh, that's interesting. They are, the dungeon master is sort of the director, writer, and editor. Cool. Of, of the game. And, uh, and, and, and that person plays the roles of all the monsters and all the adversaries and uh, presents the players with puzzles and then and adjudicates combat and damage and things like that. The Temple of Elemental Evil is a legendary uh, uh, location in the Dungeons and Dragons uh, universe, um, and it is part of. It was one of the very early, really long quests that players could do. You bought the Temple of Elemental Evil book, and then you and your friends 
would explore the Temple of Elemental Evil for months. <laughs> like there was lots to do in it. Right. And and it is, so it's, it's, it's very well known. Uh, and one of the things that's really cool about Dungeons and Dragons is everyone who played the Temple of Elemental Evil used the same information, but everyone's story is specific and unique to them. Mm. No two people did it exactly the same way. Mm, so if I so if I run into somebody who did, um, you know, who encountered like, if, you know, when you encountered the Lich King, what did you do? You know, and it's like, well, this is what I did. And like, so it's all that. Uh, so in, in, Dun- in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, I play as a player character, where I am either a wizard or a fighter generally, or more frequently, I am the dungeon master. Okay. Uh, because I like being a writer and and I like keeping the story moving and I like being the person who facilitates that entertainment for the other, for the other players. Okay. Um, so who are your role models and why do you think we need them? Heroes, heroes and role models. And there, there's, I'm not saying that heroes and role models right. are they're, the same. They're, they're very different. Right. I like heroes who are flawed. I think that we need heroes because they they show us that we can do more than we think we are able to uh, uh, able to accomplish. That we're we're stronger, we're we're more clever. We can endure more than uh, than we think that we can. And really complicated heroes like Odysseus or Hercules or Perseus, like. They are, they're super flawed. Like Odysseus is not a great guy. And, and like he has to pay for that over and over and over again until he learns, right? I think the idea that we have to create these larger than life characters and we have to assign those larger than life values and achievements to mortals so that we feel like we can overcome whatever obstacles get placed in front of us. I think that's why we tell those stories. I think a hero and a role model are super, super different. A hero is someone who you might get to interact with one time. If you're very, very, very lucky, your hero is like, I see you. That's amazing, right? Um, our role models are with us all the time. It can be a, a character on a television show who we see once a week. It can be a person in our community who we see once a day. If we're incredibly lucky, it's someone in the family who we live with maybe. But they're different from our heroes. Our role models, like a hero is, is something like you can strive for it your whole life and never attain that heroic status. Like you can work for it. But your role model is teaching you how to be like they, like them, they are showing you the their very best qualities, and 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 by example, illustrating what you're capable of doing. I think we need these in our lives. Like we absolutely need these people in our lives, and they're but they're but they're very but they're really very different. Um, heroes fall, and it's heartbreaking when a hero falls, but they have to because it's part of the mythology. Like the hero has to fall. A role model rarely falls. Mm. That's probably not true. When a hero falls, it feels existential. When a role model falls, it feels personal. Okay. I think that's, yeah, that's probably, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, Who are my heroes? Barack Obama and Michelle Obama are two of my heroes. Frederick Douglass 
as one of my heroes. Um, and even though he was just crazy as fuck, uh, John Brown, the abolitionist, um, a, a hero for me is someone who's willing to just say, I could selfishly just take care of my own happiness and my own comfort, or I could do some work and I could, I could elevate people. You know, I could do something, I could do something great. I could do something important. And that doesn't necessarily, I'm not saying like, this leaves out, my talk of heroes leaves out like firefighters and like infantry people and, you know, people who are really in community organizers and like, 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 like I acknowledge them, but I'm thinking really big. Who are yours? I think I tend to have heroes who are not as big. I think role models are big for me. Yeah. And I feel that role models, I they are role models because I've also seen them rise and fall and be diligent and do the things that I am, struggle with. And that, that their struggle gives me hope and mm -hmm. that their struggle gives me a path mm -hmm. and that I can learn enormous things from them. I mean, if you look at who heroes really are, like someone like a Heracles and the need that people had to make these demigods. So Heracles does his labors and then they get rid of him. But they also have given him recognition, which they, they give him all these things that, that feed him like a drug, you know, and that he gets to do this and that. And he succeeds these horribly difficult things, but he never learns empathy. He only cares about his legacy. And I think anyone who really is able on a consistent basis to make choices that are for the greater good and not just their own betterment, mm -hmm. to me, they are heroic and they are my heroes. And mm -hmm. when I have met somebody, be that a Ruth Bader Ginsburg, someone like Barack and Michelle as role models, they're obviously both incredibly intelligent and they have ideals and they care and they're re both willing to really put out and work, but they also know how to love, give love. Mm -hmm. And that to me is, is it. We're so greedy and, mm -hmm. and hungry all the time. We're like gluttons for more, more, more. I'm not saying that I'm not part of this, it's, but it's, it's not a healthy part. It's a part that I don't like. That seems to be the part of what takes heroes down, right? Like yes, they, like yes. They, they, they get, they become uh, uh, a gluttonous. Yes, yes. Um, and and they they cross over from hero to villain. I think people who are educators in um, absolutely in some of these schools and they're in, or if my son were you know five years old, six years old, seven years old, and I had to try to make a living and also teach him, help him with his classes online and do all that, I. I cannot believe how much uh, people are having to do because of the pandemic. It's extraordinary. One of my friends is like, well, I never wanted to be a second grade teacher, but that's who I am <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I, I think that teachers are a place where, where teachers are heroes and role models. Um, teachers are heroes to me because they choose a profession that in America is not valued the way that it should be. Um, and in the last four years has just been assaulted and and debased at every opportunity by like truly evil bad acting people but our teachers are like so important to us right. <laughs> they're so right. important for so many reasons right. uh that's where where like someone can be a teacher can be my hero but they are somebody else's role model i agree so you are in the honesty room which okay. has been constructed uh-huh with these impossible to lie panels uh-huh and um, you invite your dad into the room. Uh-huh. 
What do you ask him? Why don't you love me? Why did you make that choice? When did you make that choice? Because I know you have love to give my brother and sister. I've seen it. I lived around it my whole life, but you never gave it to me. And what do you imagine he would answer? Uh, every My entire lifetime with both of my parents leads me to believe that somehow I will be blamed for it. It's, uh, it's probably because, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I knew the answer to this, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, well, would, that's I, I, would, I wouldn't walk around with this open wound all the time. Right. You know? Okay. So what if he um, came in? What if you invite him into the room? And what if he said, you know, you're right to be so angry with me. Yeah. I really think I identified with you so much because you were the firstborn. And uh-huh. I put all this pressure that had been put on me. And it got to the point where I just, I, I, I was in a straitjacket. I didn't know how to get out. Yeah. Um, would you forgive me? No. Because here's the thing. He has three children. He chose to give love, affection, and, uh, and approval to two of his three children. He made a choice with me to not do that, to, to, to be shitty to me. He has three opportunities to be a dad. I get one dad. And I get one person in this world who fills that role for me. I mean, I have surrogate parents. All of you in the entire cast of Next Generation are more of a family to me than my parents ever were to me. I, all the time I wish Frakes was my dad because he has always loved me and always treated me the way that a, a father should treat his son. So I don't, I don't forgive them. And, and I think the reason, I, don't, I, I maybe in this scenario I can forgive, maybe, but in like my life, in, that is a loud garbage truck. That's a truck. loud garbage truck. Wow, that is a really loud garbage truck. Your dad might be driving it. It's appropriate. No, but, no, but no. In, but in my, in my life, when I said, listen, you guys, I feel, this is really hard for me to say, but I feel like, like my dad doesn't love me. And here are some examples of why I, 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 I feel that way. And I really want to have a conversation and see if we can, like, work this out. If your son sent you that email, I don't know what you would do. I know that you wouldn't ignore it for six months like my parents did. Wow, I'm so sorry. So, like, the can the situation occur wherein I would feel like, yes, I can forgive you? And I know they say you're supposed to forgive people so that you can move on. Well, well that's what may, they, Well, maybe they I'm not ready. Maybe I'm not there yet. But, but like, I mean, and I don't know, maybe someday I'll be there. Yeah. But I should have had a dad. I deserve a dad. What I got was a bully that I couldn't get away from. I deserved a mother. What I got was a momager who just wanted me to be famous so that she could be the famous kid's manager. And in our house, the house I grew up in, that man who was my father was relentlessly cruel to me, just picking on me all the time. 
Like it got to where I would not go into the room if he was in the room because I didn't want to be around him. Like I would, if I could take a different path through the house, I would do that. So because so, I because I didn't want to be picked on, I didn't want to be humiliated. Okay, I didn't, you know. So let me ask you a question. So, what is something that you might have said when you were little that they didn't hear? What would be the thing that if they could hear? Yeah. What do you wish maybe you would have said more clearly to them? Not that you didn't. I, I yeah. just mean that I know you've said they didn't listen. The thing I that I that. wish they had heard. I don't want to be an actor. Okay. I don't want to go on auditions. Right. I don't want to sit in traffic every day after school. Right. I want to be a kid. Right. I want to be a kid. I said it over and over and over again. Just let me be a kid. I just want to be a kid. My mother p- pushed me yeah. to perform. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to be in the dirt pile building, building things, building yeah. cities, building designing. Yeah. And I wish I had said to my mother as she was the one Christmas present, she would always give me some beautiful doll that she would have loved to have had. Yeah. But I hate dolls. And I wish uh-huh. I had said, I hate dolls. I don't like dolls. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And maybe that would have helped to start to get the ball rolling that I didn't want to be a doll. I didn't want to be performing and doing all that in a sense. But the other thing is, is that I actually, through my own life and experiences, I find I love acting. For me, I had a separation because there was a point where I, I talked to my parents about this. And there was a bad, very bad patch for several years. And yeah. then there was something about the recognition that I knew that in many ways they were living their life through their children. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I forgave them for that. Uh, I, I don't feel, I, I have no idea what your real experience was, so I'm, I'm not trying to compare it in uh-huh. any way. But I know that for me, it took me a while to forgive. I think forgiveness is one of the hardest things. Tolerance, mm-hmm. forgiveness, uh, you know, they're really, really hard. Do you think you're a forgiving person in general? You know, I don't know that I am. I like to think that I am. But when someone wrongs me or someone I love, I don't really forget it. Like when someone I love is wronged by a person, the person who wronged them is carries a scarlet letter for the rest of their life, as far as I'm concerned. And- You feel there's no rehabilitation possible? No, I think there mm-hmm. is absolutely rehabilitation. I, okay. think that, I think that rehabilitation is absolutely possible. Absolutely, absolutely possible. And when someone screws up and is genuinely remorseful and genuinely apologetic for it, and makes a real apology, not one of those, I'm sorry, no, you're no, upset no, apologies, no, no. but yeah, like no. a real one? No, a real one. Then yeah, absolutely. But I think in general, have you ever asked forgiveness for some of something that you've done to? S- yeah, when gosh, you're like a very, very long time ago, probably a decade ago, uh, I was working on leverage up in Portland, and I was my sister lived in Portland at the time. Hmm. I had breakfast with her, and Amy, Amy, my sister, yeah, um, who who has a little boy now. Oh boy, uh, my oh. little my little nephew, my nephew and godson Shane. Oh. Um, And I was able to tell her that I was sorry for not being a better big brother when we were younger. And I was able to tell her that there were times where I was mean, where I wasn't involved in her life, and that it like and that I take responsibility for those choices that I made and that I and I genuinely regret them. And I'm gentle with myself for having been the way that I was because I know 
I had undiagnosed depression and anxiety. I was abused by my father. I was gaslighted about it by my mother. And I was being forced to like go out and stand in front of cameras and pretend to be the perfect teen idol who, who was so important to my mom. Right. And I just wanted to be Will. Yeah, that's a bird. That's a big bird. I just wanted to play games with my friends. I really liked going to school. I, I, you know, when, when we were on the set, I loved it. I loved it when we were all together. Even those times where I was a teenager who wanted to be at the beach and didn't want to be on the bridge with, for my one line of the day or whatever, I loved it. I felt safe. I felt accepted. I felt lifted up by everybody. I never felt that way in my house. Nice. I felt the I felt the opposite of that in my house. Like That's I horrible. couldn't get out of there fast enough. So I got to tell my sister all of this. So you're close to, to Amy. Now. We're super close. That's yeah. so great. Yeah, it's, I talked to her literally minutes before I came here today. Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, what you said we're, when you walked in. Yeah, we're real close. That's so um, great. Um, but I was able to say, and she was like, "I didn't think you were a bad brother." She's like, hmm. "What are you talking about?" Hmm. And and she's like, "I knew that you were going through a lot because I saw how mom was with you, and 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 I saw the pressure and 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 all of that." And um, I tried to have a similar conversation with my brother, um, and it didn't go well. My brother didn't want to accept it, um, and he didn't want to accept what the, he it, didn't want to accept my apology. I see, because he didn't accept what the reality you were presenting him or the truth. Yeah, um, his truth was different. I, I suspect that my brother has an undiagnosed mental illness because just my own experience with mental illness and I know how it causes reactions and I know how it colors behaviors and things like that. I don't know. I want to be very clear about that. I don't know for sure. Years ago, my brother wanted me to promote a fundraiser for him. And I told him that I couldn't because I was crowdfunding my television show. And I had 85 employees who were response, who were counting on me funding the season so that we could make the show. Right. And I couldn't do both things. I would expect that a person would say, I understand, I'm sorry, you know, I, I appreciate that you can't do that. My brother freaked out at me and said, you're dead to me, I don't have a brother, and hasn't spoken to me since. That was like six years ago. And here's what I think, but what, what, I, what I think about all of that is he's exactly like my father. He's a bully, he's a narcissist, and is very contemptuous towards me and feels entitled to my labor the same way my parents did. Sometimes when I've looked at situations, they're not always what I think they are. It's when you turn it around and go, what, what, what's the hole in your brother's life and what does yeah, he expect he's getting from you? And I, I think it's important sometimes just to look at those things because yeah. they're not actually done in necessarily the way that you're perceiving it because you're already putting your own coloring on it because you went through that with your dad. Yeah. Is I do not think that we understand how other people perceive us. And I've been told many times that I come off being very intense. And it takes so much effort to start to become aware of how you could come off that way or how this could happen. And because we're feeling just small and, and fragile inside, but someone else can hear it and see it in a very different way. And I think we always have to be open to being wrong. Absolutely. And 
I do think it's really hard to forgive, and I think it's really something that everyone in the world needs to work harder on. Yeah, I, you know? I would I would agree with that. Um, uh, and and it's I, like I I'm not going to pretend that I'm like uh, a, a better person than. I am. <laughs> than no, I am. No. It's just that that in this particular thing, this is such You're a speaking it's, your truth. It's it's such a grievous wound, and and it and and it was inflicted with such gusto by by the man who was my father that it's just like it hurts, you know, like it really, really, really hurts when my son looks to the to the space in his life where a father should be. He sees me. Right, so he's get he gets my unconditional love and my support and and uh, and my approval um, and 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 he gets all of that from me. When I look to the place right. where my father should be, there is a black hole of rage and shame, and and cruelty and pain, and like that's what that man gave to me, and he, and he gave it to me by choice. He made a choice to do that, just like. My mother made a choice to watch all of that happen and never stepped in to protect me and then gaslighted me about it. I, I, I think, I just think we one must be careful not to judge what something's really going on. What's more important is that we say, this is not healthy for me. I need to get out of this. Yeah. I need to really do it instead of spending the energy in making someone just the villain and negative. Because you know what? Sometimes they they are in excruciating pain themselves. We don't have to deal with it, maybe. That's their thing. But I think until you're aware of, oh, I just made that choice. Until you have that awareness, yeah. you're not aware you're making choices. You're just acting. You're just doing, 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 doing. I and believe one of the things that happens with narcissists, too, is that they don't get to that self-reflective. No, they don't. They don't. Um, this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. My dad's like, in his seventies. And one of the last times I talked to them, I don't have them in my life anymore. It's just, it hurts too much. So they're not in my life. I understand. And, and one of the last times I talked with my, my mom, she said like, as this was, this was a, according to, in, from, from her perspective, this was a really great thing. Your dad has decided to work on his empathy. At 70, you decided you're going to be empathetic. Like, that's when you chose to be empathetic? Okay, great. I'm glad you're going to spend the last few years of your life giving a shit about another person. But it would have been nice if you had had that empathy when I was growing up. Yeah. Can I mean, I'm going to say something. I'm 71. And there are things that I'm willing to commit work on that I 
might not have known how to do or wouldn't have wanted to do, you know, uh, 10 years ago, five years ago, whoever, who knows? Yeah. Sometimes it's like take in what someone's saying. Yeah. And instead of closing off and judging quickly, because that would be what your father would have done. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, and I mean, I'm not saying that he's, you know, I'm not trying to make him the hero or no, something. I get I'm it. just saying that's because it hurts. Yeah. That's your habitual response. Yeah. And I think one of the ways we grow is when we just take it in. May not be what we want to hear. It may, you know, force us to have to endure a whole bunch of stuff. But if we actually are believing and trying to grow, that's something that we can try to be open to. It's it's really hard. Um, it is cool that we never stop growing. Very I like cool. I like that a lot. I I have this. So I was talking to my godmother, um, and she's in her late sixties, and. Um, I'm, I'm 48, Anne's 51, but the two of us feel like we're, we still kind of feel sort of like, we kind of feel like we're just sort of like generally in our thirties, <laughs> but like with a little bit more wisdom and a little bit more experience. And like, we're a little bit more, you know, we're a little bit more stable than we were then. And I asked my godmother, like, it's weird. Cause the only time I ever feel like, geez, I'm almost 50 is when I'm around like a 20 year old. Like I'm around like my niece and nephew and right. I'm just like, Oh my God, you're babies. Right. You know, like you're just, you're such little babies. And, uh, but most of the time I'm just totally unaware of it. I don't feel it at all. Oh. The only time I ever really feel my age is when I try to do a thing and my body's like, Oh buddy, you're not doing that. It is a lot about how you take care of yourself and mm -hmm. how, and how open and how much you, you continue to grow. Because I, I have, run into people who I knew way back when, and they seem like old people to me, and and we're the same age. Yeah. And there are other people who, they're the same age or older, and they seem, you know, like ageless. Um, um, if you if you could change one thing about yourself, yeah, what would it be? Um, I would probably have better core strength. <laughs> you know, because, this is why because the older I get, oh, the more God. I hurt myself because oh. my core strength isn't great. This so, is your core <laughs> is why you don't like dancing too. Do you know that? Is that right? It is. I could teach you so easily. I'm telling you, one day, one day. Okay, when, do when this. the pandemic is over, one day, and we can actually, I will. I it's. Gates, I can't tell you how far outside of my comfort zone it I, is. That's why I want it's you to trust me to so do this. so far out of my comfort I zone. I know, but nobody would um, be looking. No pictures, nothing. Yeah. It it would be something that would so surprise Anne. I mean, seriously, it is. Because Anne loves to dance. Well, see, this Anne, is why. Anne just, is a dance fanatic. So this should be a present. I, I can. There is a way. I mean, this is what I taught movement. This is it's yeah. it's and I and nerds have this problem in particular. So I, it's there. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. There, I mean, I was thinking of opening a nerd dance school because I could teach them. You know, I, I think that be that's one not with a bad idea. Core. I know, yeah. be one with your core. Um, would you rather be the world's best actor, the world's best singer, or the world's best dancer? Well, we know the answer to that. I think I I would want to be the world's best singer. Because music is just so, music means so much. I know, I know. Um, uh, I, I just, music has never been background noise for me. Yeah. Music is emotional for yeah, me. No, would you pick dancer? No, I'd pick singer, I think. Yeah. Um, would you rather be the nicest person in the room or the handsomest? Nicest. Okay. Without a doubt. Okay. Anybody can be handsome. All right. And, and actually, you know, wait, can I reword that? Mm -hmm. I would be kind. 
Nice happens in your head. Kind happens in your heart. So I would choose kind. Okay. I would, I would like to be perceived as the kindest person. I would like to be the kindest person in the room. Okay, put a penny in. Who would you be? I think I'd want to be the handsomest because I could <laughs> always learn how to be nicer. <laughs> the thing is, like, I just, I'm always around these incredibly good-looking people. And, and like, because they're so beautiful— they, I know. They've never really had to work for anything. Oh, well, I know. So, but then so they like, have like, that. Yeah, so, but- so, like, so, like, sometimes the personality of a really beautiful person isn't as deep as the personality of, like, a less beautiful person. Well, I know that's, this is what we've learned all the time. I know. But the thing is, is that I also think I, I've known, especially some guys who are gorgeous. Yeah. And they actually have found a really hard time because everyone expects everything to be easy for them. And they've yeah. had to struggle with so many things. So, it's, you know, it's it's apples and oranges. It's like people, we always want what we don't have, thinking it's going to be so much easier and better. And yes, there are some things that absolutely, beauty is always going to be a big plus in this world, yeah. especially the world today. Yeah. But what's interesting to me is, I didn't know you put base makeup on, that like you actually, yeah. that's why these people look good. I didn't know yeah. that you actually put stuff on the eyebrows and you did all this stuff. Yeah. Now there's every video, everyone looks so perfect that it's kind of like, I don't know, it's almost, it's just gone too far to me. Everyone knows how to stay absolutely perfect. There was none of that before. It was sort of like this mystical thing that some people looked so good and we didn't know why. Yeah. But it's, it's everything's so demystified that I feel now that an expectation that I'm supposed to always at least do that because now we know how to do it. Whereas before I could... People would go, well, it's sad. She doesn't know how to do it, really. She hasn't ever done it. But now it's like, well, why why aren't you putting on your base? And, you know, I don't know. It's crazy. My friend worked on House, and she worked with Olivia Wilde. Oh, wow. And she said Olivia Wilde Wilde is so beautiful that it's distracting. Mm. She said she's so beautiful that you can't— My friend said that she was caught herself staring at her and didn't mean to. And that it was distracting and that it was a thing that she had to learn. Like working with someone who's in crazy prosthetics, you have to learn to like work around the makeup. Yeah, yeah. She was like, you had to learn to work around Olivia Wilde's breathtaking beauty. Um, what was your favorite game to play with your siblings when you were young? The Mad Magazine game. Oh, I love that. The wow. Mad Magazine game is sort of like the anti-monopoly. Okay. You're trying to go broke instead of get the most money. I love it. Uh, and it has all these crazy, ridiculous. My kind uh, of game. It's got a bunch of really silly rules in it. Um, you change money with other players. You get up and change. You get up and, and move seats. Um, you have to roll with your offhand. You walk backwards around the table. It's it's ridiculous. It's super <laughs> oh, super it's super that. super silly. Um, my siblings and I played the hell out of the whole family. That was the game that we would play. Oh we played god. the hell out of that game when we were kids. Oh my god. Uh, what is yours? Um, the, the game we played, we, we would do things like set up war games. And if we played cards, we'd play war. We would set up like an Air Force base. and But that's what we did the most is setting up that, be it cowboy and Indians or anything we did. Uh-huh. It was the setting up that I loved. Yeah. But then once it was up, I couldn't, I couldn't stand the play. I would do that with my Star Wars figures. I would block scenes. I would set up scenes with the Star Wars figures. And those figures would be, stand, would be like stand-ins. And I would set up the shot with on my toys, like with with the with the things. And I never, I wish that I had had a camera that I could have like taken photographs when I was a little kid because those oh, would be cool that pictures be fun to, to have. See. Yeah, that. But would. I set up scenes like 
That's what that's they would play out scenes. Like my playing with my action figures yep. was the action figures performing a scene, and I was just moving them around. Would you? Oh, just a, a quick thing. So, would you rather be David Beckham or Michael Jordan? So this is a tough call because Michael Jordan has Space Jam. <laughs> you killed me. But he also has a pretty serious gambling problem. Still? Or did. I don't know if he still does, but he did. And David Beckham was kind of useless when he came and played played American football, uh, played soccer uh, with the Galaxy. He was He was not good. But he's married to Victoria Beckham. She's pretty <laughs> cool. I mean, like... If I had to choose, so I'm basically choosing, like, do I want Space Jam or the seen, Spice Girls? Have, have you seen what Michael Jordan's wife looks like? I haven't. Uh, All honey. I know is that she was in the Spice Girls. Is that is that Victoria Beckham was in the Spice Girls? Yeah, I so, know that with like, Victoria, but yeah. Michael Jordan is married yeah. to an extremely so, yeah. beautiful woman. So, I mean, so it's kind of, it's, it's sort of childish um, um, and immature to be like, he's got a hot wife, but like. Um, I, would, I would agree with that. But I would go with like, his, like. Come on, to be married to one of the Spice Girls is so so cool. To some, yeah. I mean, but then on the on the other hand, you're Michael Jordan. So like, yeah, that's a tough. That's that's yeah. that that's a really tough call. Um, mm. uh, I think I'm going to go with Michael Jordan because of Space Jam. Mm. Yeah, I would I would choose Michael Jordan because um, uh, I mean he's going to be mentioned next to Magic Johnson and and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for his entire life. Mm -hmm. Every basketball player who comes along now will be compared to Michael Jordan. I don't think every footballer is going to be compared to Beckham. Mm -mm. They'll be compared to Ronaldo. uh, They'll be compared to to Neymar. Like, like those, that'll happen. Right. Um, uh, So, yeah, so Michael Jordan. Okay. Who would you choose? Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, who would you rather be, E.T. or Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda. Okay. Um, who would you rather be? E.T. Really? Mm-hmm. But Baby Yoda's got all those magic powers. Yeah, I He know. does the hand thing. Yeah, but you don't know everything that E.T. can do. That's true. Yeah, okay. You don't know everything Baby Yoda can do. No, that's true, too. So I'm, you know. Uh, I don't want everybody cuddling me, though, wanting to cuddle okay. me. Sure. Okay. Um, who would you rather be, Spock or Kirk? Spock. You look so surprised that I said Spock. Spock is no, no, I know, I know. Spock is weird. He's an outcast. He's uncomfortable. He doesn't quite fit in. That's me. Who would you choose? You would clearly choose Kirk. I would. I'll tell you why. Because I cannot give up my emotional life. Okay. I and I would like to be able to. Okay. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, this is great. Yeah. yeah see, I. I mean, I. Intellectually, Spock, for sure. Yeah. But I would so miss my laughter, my my joy, my all of the emotional life, even the being upset, just to feel yeah. the difference of connecting with emotions. That that would be really, really tough. Okay, who would you rather be? William Shakespeare, Beethoven, or Dolly Parton? I was really hoping you're going to say William Shakespeare or Christopher Marlowe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's too easy. Dolly Parton, hands down, nobody even comes close. <laughs> Dolly Parton by a thousand light years. Um, I I love her so much. 
I adore Dolly Parton. Who do you choose? Dolly Parton. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, think if you have an opportunity to choose Dolly Parton, like you just choose Dolly Parton. I mean, the joy that she gives in everything she says and does and yeah. how generous, the generosity of that woman and how she's been able to separate her personal life from her public life. I feel few people... I just found out last week that. that she's married. Oh my God! And has been this. has been married for like fifty years. Or Have something you ever like that. seen the pictures of him when he was young? I mean, nope. gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, man. I can imagine. And the, you know, they have. It's like incredible, and it's, it's this mis- mysterious private life. I love and it. How many people can pull that off in this day and age? I yeah. mean, she's like one of the only ones. Yeah, she's awesome. Totally and, awesome. And went to Dollywood a couple of years ago. Oh God, I'd love to do Brought that. me back a Dollywood mug that says number one husband on it. I love it. I drank I, I drank my coffee out of it this morning. Oh God. Um, uh, she's, she's incredible. Oh, that, yeah, no, she is. She absolutely is. Okay, who are you committed to being known as in your life, regardless of the situation? Who am I committed to being known as in my life, regardless of the situation? Man, there's a lot of noise there's going on. There's a lot of noise street. happening next door. I mean, I want to be known as Anne's husband. That is, of all the all the roles, responsibilities, and privileges I have in my life, being Anne's husband is the one that I cherish the most. Wow. Because it is because I am Anne's husband that I get to be Ryan and Nolan's dad. It's because I'm Anne's husband that I get to be myself. I get... I'm loved and supported unconditionally um, by an amazing partner who challenges me and supports me and lifts me up. And there's not another person in this in the universe who I could have spent this year being home with. Um, what a uh, beautiful thing! That's ever beautiful. going anywhere? I'm I'm really super super lucky. We, oh, we're, you are, honey. I'm so incredibly lucky that she is my partner. That's um, uh, and. Like, I know that Anne deserves more than I can give because I know what my limitations are. So I work real, real, real hard to be the best I can be. Mm. So I give her the, I get close to what she deserves. I can't get all the way there, but I get as close as I can. But just think when you're able to dance like crazy, she's She's going to go wild. That's going to be, that's actually, I'm not kidding. That's probably a really great gift that I can give her. Oh, it it would be so much fun. When we end up at somebody's wedding and she's like, will you dance with me expecting me to say no? And I say yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Really? That would be so great. That would be terrific. That would be great. And then when I tell her it's because of her space (laughs) mom-in-law. That will be great. All right. We have to do this after COVID. We got to. Yeah. Okay. Put a penny in. Shit! Yep. I got you. Uh, the thing is, when I'm when I'm hosting my when I'm hosting my shows, I'm on it. But I'm like, I don't. I didn't have I to do the prep. I'm the guest. That's what's so I didn't, fun. I didn't know you were gonna you were gonna make me you were gonna make me host back. I know. That's but that's the whole little trick. Otherwise, it was hopeless. I had no possible <laughs> way of winning. You're game master. Um, okay. Um, so, if you suddenly turned into a woman, what would you want your name to be? Jessica. Oh. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh. I had a big crush on a girl named Jessica a oh. um, hundred million years ago. Mm. Um, so uh, that 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 sort of sort of my go-to name. Uh, if you could be a dude, what would your name be? It's hard to name yourself. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, hmm, really, Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll. <laughs> I accept that. <laughs> okay, good. Um, 
All right. What's a pet peeve? People who don't clean up after themselves. Okay. I leave, I like to leave things in the state I would hope to find them. (laughs) So like. I heard the tone. Did you all hear the tone? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm thinking. I like like to find things in the state I left them. So, so, So things like people who don't clean off the cooktop. Okay. People who don't brush the barbecue grill. Like Anne certainly would do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about, what, what is, what is one of your pet peeves? I don't like it when, um, men don't seem to close cupboards. There's (sighs) something they want things open. And it just was like, can't we close a cupboard when you take something out? Like for every man I've ever been with, this has been something that happens. It's, it's just funny like, that you say that because I left a cupboard open this morning. There you are. Not not intentionally. I was just no, like, I was. I got out to make my oatmeal and I got the bowl out and then I turned around and did another thing. And uh, after several minutes realized I had left the it, I think the it's in the chromosomes. Open. It's got to be because it's just like, you know, it's just one of those things. It's weird. If you knew you wouldn't fail at it, yeah. what would you do that you otherwise might not try to, to do? Uh, I would be an astronaut. Cool. What would you do? I would want to be the best skateboarder. Like Tony Hawk? Yep. Amazing. I would love to do that. And I if forgot I, how much you like skateboarding. I was too old when skateboarding started in a yeah. way, you know? And my knees were already bad. Yeah. Oh, man, what I just... Just to go down the streets and hop up. Oh, my God. I, I, I dream about it sometimes. I love it. Who would you rather be? Wayne Gretzky... Bobby or or Mario Lemieux? Wayne Gretzky. Okay. Wayne Why? Gretzky, is the, he's the greatest hockey player of all time. Okay. All right. I mean, like, there, there's <laughs> each one of those guys is amazing in his own right for his own, for his own reason. Yeah, pretty amazing. Um, definitely Gretzky. Who would you choose? Well, for me, it's kind of a different thing because I would choose the cutest, which would be Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I ever, the two times that I ever went to a racetrack... Yeah. Because I actually hate racetracks. Me too. I hate them. And Do you choose the horse with the cutest name? Just the, just no. The, the prettiest the, horse? Just the prettiest color, the one that I, oh, that's such a beautiful brown. Yeah. I think I'll choose that one. Yeah. How many do you have in there? Now this we was kind it of, up. Yeah, it's kind of a. Okay. Uh, Eighteen. Me too. I love that we tied. Oh, I love that. That's perfect that we tied. I love of you. Of course we tied. I, I love, love you too. Well, thank you for coming and having this conversation. It's so fun I've to hang out stuff. with you. Yeah. Give my love to Anne. I will. And the kitties and the doggies. Yeah. They say hello. <laughs> okay. And do you have any treats? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. This concludes my podcast with Will Wheaton. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week, I will be virtually hanging out from coast to coast with number one, the one and only actor-director Jonathan Frakes. Do join me then, and thanks for listening. Take care.